0: Books We Loved a podcast through the Troy Public Library. Today we have a very special episode, Manda. Olivia. Because we have two very special Troy guests. Exactly. Two very cool people. It is Shari, the principal of Hill Elementary School right here in Troy, yep. and Stefan, who is the vice principal at Larson Middle School. And I have to tell you, I tried to keep it cool throughout this entire interview, but there was a little elementary school self inside of me that was like, oh, they're principals.
1: I finally was glad to spend some time with some principals in a positive way. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's revealed in the podcast that I spent some time with the principals when I was a kid, but it wasn't always for a positive situation. Was this healing
0: for you, do you think?
1: Yeah, I actually canceled my session with my therapist last week since <laughs> I don't we we, we dove deep. We dove deep. Some old scars were, um, some old wounds were healed. Yeah, I could yep. feel
0: it. It was a good vibe in here. It was. And Shari and Stefan were excellent, excellent guests. They came prepared to talk about picture books, which is what we asked them to talk about, mm-hmm. and ostensibly what the podcast episode was going to be about. Um, I will admit that I
1: got off on a, a long tangent of... Hearing about behind the scenes, what it's like to be a principal and assistant principal these days. It's fascinating. It's such a
0: mystery to me. I never really knew because they were the head honcho and they were like, you know, it was all smoke and mirrors. What did they do behind the scenes at school? You could never just like, as an elementary schooler, just like bust in there and see what your principal was doing. Yeah. And so, but I will say they seemed like very hands on principals, very friendly.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: We did eventually talk about the picture books that they loved and Mm -hmm. that they love today to read with their kids or their classes or just on their own. Uh, They all have great messages, Mm -hmm. diverse set of characters. We go Mm -hmm. into that a little bit and we'll include a list like we always do in the show notes if you want to kind of see what these books look like because they shine on the page as all picture They're gorgeous. they're They're gorgeous.
1: Gorgeous picture books. Yep. Olivia, we did talk a little bit about the importance of diversity in the books that we see as children and read. And in the library world, there's a philosophy called Windows, Mirrors, and Doors. And if it's okay with you, I would love to read this quote. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a uh, lady who worked in um, education. And I believe this quote came from the early 90s. Her name is Rudine Sims Bishop, and the philosophy we talk about in libraries and education nowadays came, is accredited to this statement. I believe it was in one of her books, um, but the uh, full quote is, "'Books are sometimes windows offering views of worlds that may be real or imagined, familiar or strange.'" These windows are also sliding glass doors, and readers have only to walk through in imagination to become part of whatever world has been created and recreated by the author. Literature, excuse me, literature transforms human experience and reflects it back to us. And in that reflection, we can see our lives and experiences as part of the larger human experience. Reading then becomes a means of self-affirmation and readers often seek their mirrors in books. So a great way of saying children, everybody, but especially children as they're growing up, need to see themselves reflected back in stories. That's the mirror. Stories need to have windows to other um, windows that open up to different experiences, different imaginative possibilities, and then doors to walk through to see how other people live. And what a great philosophy.
0: Mm. Thanks for letting me share that. Thank you for sharing it. And so the
1: doors, could that
0: also be like, seeing a version of who you think you could be to like a role model, like a uh, version of a life that you might step into physically. I think someday. so. Yeah. I
1: think so. Absolutely.
0: That makes a lot of sense.
1: goes back to that old thing that our parents used to say, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, right? Yeah. So.
0: Okie dokie artichoke.
1: Oh, the other thing, speaking of kindness, something that both
0: Shari and Stefan are a part of is the Trey youth assistance they are a nonprofit group here in Troy who and they talk about this at the end where they're sort of refining their vision. Mm-hmm. But the general idea for Troy Youth Assistance is they are committed to helping young people and families in the community to give kids a great start um, to make their their lives happier and healthier. You can learn more about what they're doing at troyyouthassistance.org. And I think after you listen to this, you will be inspired to do that because um, with Shari and St- Stefan at the helm, it's got to be a great, a great program. program.
1: Fantastic guests. And we hope to maybe have them back on because we had a hoot and a holler here. Oh, we had that. a really good time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Loved them. Away we go. Bye. 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 Shari, you told me before we started that you always knew you wanted to be a principal
2: forever, right?
0: Yeah. How did you, what was it about being a principal that appealed to you and how did you know that you wanted to be one when you were real young?
2: All right. (coughs) The principal is like being a cruise director of a really big ship where every day the itinerary changes and there is no itinerary. (laughs) Um, I love that. It is the most beautiful chaos. I love that I get to be there for um, teachers, students, and parents and just make sure that they are on the right path so their ship can sail successfully. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a principal that meant a lot to me in elementary school who saw something in me when I didn't see it in myself and always did things to elevate me. I went to an elementary school with two um, black students. One was my sister. Um, So it was really a different time that I, when I look back on it, I look back on it fondly because he never made me feel different in Mm -hmm. a negative way. It was Mm -hmm. always, how can I elevate you um, so that you feel as special as your surroundings? And that is why I have always been intrigued with that job.
0: Did the principal do anything specific that made you feel seen and appreciated by him?
2: He just had a... I think everyone felt that way about him, which is the thing that um, everyone would say that Mr. Toby was someone who thought that they were special and would have a very similar story. Uh, He just had a way of knowing you and your story and being able to name it when you walked in the door, which is what I try to do. I know all of my students' names. I know all of their stories. Uh, I notice if they get a haircut or if they have a basketball game or a baseball game, Um, I often go to them. It just, this is such an important time in students' lives because it sets the foundation of how they feel about themselves as a person and as a learner. And I take Mm -hmm. that job really seriously.
0: That's huge. Mm -hmm. I had a principal like that. And I went to McGregor Elementary. Mm -hmm. And he, I had uh, Mr. Thomas, it was Larry Thomas. I think he still works in the administration in Rochester schools. And I still think about him all the time. He was so, he did exactly what you described. Like, I felt, you know, school's a big place, especially when you're really little. And you feel like you can super easily get lost in the shuffle. And to have like the head honcho see you and know who you are and talk to you and, and you feel, yeah feel like you belong and you feel special what
1: <laughs> my principal knew who I was but not for good reasons oh man <laughs> if i went to your school i would know both of you really well
0: <laughs> you guys went to the principal's
1: office i was then? suspended like 3 times for the time i was and in eighth grade i was naughty you were as a hot. child
2: uh, elementary and middle school it's all it's about tough. learning and growing and yes. figuring it out i'd much rather that you're in my office making a mistake yes. in elementary um and even in middle school and Mm -hmm. learning from it than any other time.
3: Yeah. just in my role, just suspensions is just growth area. I'm Mm -hmm. confused. Do I look here or talk? But uh, (laughs) yeah, just growth area. Even hearing that, like, I I think that's why I love middle school, because that kid could have a rough day or go through something and be Mm -hmm. on suspension or detention or whatever it may be, but still seek me out to talk through a tough time Mm -hmm. and, It's just middle middle school for my, you know, on my end from elementary, they're just going through so much already. So Mm -hmm. helping them navigate these tough times is, is, is magical. It's cool.
2: Yeah. Steph is a middle school whisperer. There's something very (laughs) magical about the relationship that he builds with kids during this really awkward, wacky time. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is his ability to do that and connect with each of them is incredible.
0: So I have a question for you about middle schoolers then, because I had, I was a teen librarian for a long time, and one of my jobs was to do outreach, so I would have, like, a table at lunches about summer library program. I would try to encourage the kids to sign up, and I would bring, like, I don't remember what I brought, like, prizes and stuff to try and, like... (laughs) lure them to my table. It's weird but I, I was like there and they would come. So the sixth graders would always be all over my table. They would be like, who are you? Why are you at our lunch? What is this? I love Percy Jackson. Like, blah, da and then by seventh grade, it was like it was like the switch between sixth and seventh grade. Seventh grade, they w- would like side eye me and like be way too. Sh- is it puberty? What? <laughs> what
2: is it? Is it? I, I, way I just too think cool it's among. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
3: just think it's among peers what they deem is cool. Yeah, you know? yeah. like that kid that seventh grader still loving Percy Jackson at home, mm. but to show that excitement to others is just not not cool, you yeah. know. But then they will still like I'll go into classrooms or help out with Kathy Locke, our media specialist, and they will still ask, you know, do you have this next series? So I just think like publicly showing their love for reading or writing mm-hmm. is still there but it's not it's more honed in and not more outward. Mm-hmm. As especially as they get into eighth grade, like yeah. you know, the eighth grader would not walk by your table. Yeah, <laughs> you, you wouldn't even they, get the oh, side they eye.
1: They'd be like doing the eyes, like looking at everything but you.
0: Yeah, and then by <laughs> ninth grade, I I could get them back. Mm-hmm. By ninth grade, yeah. I think they're maybe a little bit more. They had figured out their maybe their niche was like the nerdy reader kids, mm-hmm. and they like the enthusiastic. You know, it became sort of a badge of honor to mm-hmm. be that. But yeah, in seventh and eighth grade, you're right. That's an awkward, rough time. What do you like about it?
3: Yeah, I love, just with my path, like, similar to uh, Mando over here, I, I grew up rough. Like, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I'm originally from a town outside of Milwaukee, and it was rough. And then in high school, <clears throat> I transitioned. I, I graduated from Rochester High, and I, at that time, I was probably one of three black kids in my entire high school. So I just think my journey just made me more adaptable and uh, knowing kids and knowing different pathways. So... Um, I love it just for the middle school setting, and I love elementary. Like half my background or half my teaching career, I taught fourth and third grade for half my career, and then I was a middle school social studies teacher. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm flexible with both, but I know at the middle school, it just takes a, a special person or a special understanding of knowing, talking to a young lady that, a breakup at that time or friends not talking to them. It's not the end of the world, but still mm-hmm. being empathetic and understanding that to her world, this is a lot, you know, and having yeah. that understanding or knowing how to mend those friendships in a respectful way and, that young lady could be at ecstatic that you helped solve a peer issue and then next minute yelling at you because you took away their phone and the took away their cell phone in the hallway and <laughs> didn't give them a second chance to put in their locker. So, you know, it, it, it comes, it comes and <laughs> goes, the love the kids have for me. But at the end of the day, they see I'm consistent. I greet mm-hmm. them with a smile, I ask about their day. Similar to Shari, like we have 700 plus students and I like to say I know about Five hundred and so of them, mm. you know their mm-hmm. names talking Jeez. with them at lunch like at lunchtime it's for me to monitor, but I, I make it a point to try to talk my goal is like talk to thirty kids a day and that's just hey, how's it going would you eat for lunch? like simple conversations, but if you hit on thirty or twenty kids every lunch hour in a week mm-hmm. you are you are intentionally having you know meaningful conversations with almost the entire student population.
0: So what's something about being a principal that you think would surprise people?
3: I will lead. I guess, you know, since I'm an AP, a little bit different roles from at the middle school and high school with, between APs and, and principals, especially uh, assistant principals are, you know, lead for discipline. Mm-hmm. But I would say what would be surprising is I might enter, I know every day I don't have anything, like, set on my schedule. I might have, like, a teacher I need to check in with or a meeting like this, but really my day might look open. I know the moment I walk into the building, I am running whatever it may be. So I think what's surprising that I found is, like, I might not have a set agenda of what I'm doing that day, but I know my day is going to be booked up by whatever comes on my radar. So I thought when it was – you know, when I got into admin, like I'll have these meetings or do this or do that every day and it's timed out. No, it is, you have to be flexible and adaptable and see things coming and kind of triage situations, uh, right in the moment a lot.
0: That's kind of what Shari said too, at the beginning that it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff just kind of happens and you just kind of, kind of improv and be ready for it. Do you like that, that sort of having an unstructured day or, or is it stressful?
3: No, I I, I enjoy it because I know when too. I'm getting like I'm I feel I'm built for it. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't find it. Yeah, it, it, there are some stressful days, but it's hindsight. It's understanding. Like you, I at the end of the day, I am dealing with kids, and I'm mm-hmm. dealing with kids that love coming to the building that I work at. That no matter how I address the situation, they still respect me in those situations. So, um, you know, not not stressful. Just it's it's different.
0: Yeah. Every day. Yeah. What do you think would surprise people about being a principal, Shari? Or
2: kids? Maybe what would yeah. surprise, like oh. what? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what would surprise kids. Oftentimes, when they come to the office for doing something naughty, I think to myself, hmm, I can see why you did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yep. And they deserved it. So yeah. that's. I think, a surprising piece. How do you navigate that? Always acknowledging feelings. Always Mm -hmm. acknowledging that's a big emotion. I understand, certainly, why you were upset. But I don't think kids believe it. I think that they think oftentimes adults say things that they Mm -hmm. don't mean just because they have to. But there have been times when students have been in my office and they have taken all that they can take. And they have reacted. And I felt like it was justified. Mm -hmm. But as Stefan said, once you hit there's there's no gray area you right. go home that was a choice um, but that's hard yeah. I think parents would be surprised to hear that same thing because I'm always giving the message that kids need to stand up for themselves without uh, being physical and that is there's no gray area and I, in this world we can't just be physical without mm-hmm. <clears throat> consequence so please don't think that I'm supporting violence but i think there are times when kids don't know how to continue talking when it's happened over and over again well mm-hmm. and my heart breaks for them and i understand it mm-hmm.
0: i think that all the time like when i'm in target and i see a kid fully melting down and i'm hot and the lines are long and i'm thirsty and then it's like sometimes i look at them and i'm like i wish i could do that right now. Yeah. i feel that way <laughs> but i have to like You know, you you just have to, you know, push it down as an adult. But sometimes wouldn't it be nice to just, like, scream your head off in Target? Mm -hmm.
2: So I'm going to tell you, Olivia, we went to Disney last (laughs) summer. And Disney World's amazing. Family of five preparing for this trip forever. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it was hot. There were long lines. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I said it, but I looked at my family in a line and I said, we are all entitled All of us to one meltdown.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's everyone gets a meltdown.
2: The only rule is that you have to say, "This is my moment." (laughs) (laughs) And I am telling you, it was the most freeing thing for my husband and I to be able to look at them when it's hot and they're asking you to carry stuff and there's no fan around and say, "This is my moment." Nice. And they respected it because they know how that feels. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was so freeing. I think it made the trip. That's actually that's, that's huge. But now your listeners are going to think that I condone violence and I don't, <laughs> and that I have adult temper tantrums often. No, that's so, my job here on the
1: podcast.
2: Edit that. And uh, make it sound better. Uh, that's great.
0: I think it sounds perfect. I think that's so empathetic and so mm-hmm. true. That I think as readers of fiction. We know how to kind of get into somebody else's head. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess fiction is how we do that sometimes, and you can understand why someone would get to a place like we all have it in us. Anybody Mm -hmm. who says they don't, I don't know, maybe they're like a Zen master or something. I I
2: can't get in there, tamping it down with our emotion stick. We're not going to create empathetic students or people ready for this world if mm-hmm. we don't model what empathy looks like. yes, We just expect it to happen, mm-hmm. but we have to actively show. And so in the moments of saying, we each get a meltdown because you know that it's going to happen um, so that my kids can feel what we're feeling and be reminded, that's so powerful. When a student's in my office and they've made a mistake because they just couldn't take it anymore, it's powerful to say, I get it. I mm-hmm. really do understand. Mm-hmm. Um, how could we have handled that differently? I think it's important that we name it.
0: Yeah, and that it is natural to have those breaking point moments because I think the worst is when you have them and then you beat yourself up for having them and then mm-hmm. it makes you have them more and it becomes this like cycle when you can just be like, yeah, it's it that's part of being human is to have mm-hmm. those moments where you just can't flip and take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. For sure. That's really good. That's a really good answer for what surprises people about being mm-hmm. a principal. I don't know that, because they probably see you as this, like, utmost authority figure who's perfect and never has to have those moments.
2: Well, I hope they don't think I'm perfect. I, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <And> that, <clears throat> I just think that's another thing I do in my role, or people would be surprised, is when a kid comes down for discipline or I have to address something, I humanize it as much as possible. Like, I'll tell a kid in my office privately, like, but you just hurt my feelings, mm. like, that I'm I'm sad right now. And for them to see, like, not only, you know, this male figure, but my AP, and I just made him sad. Not that he's upset with me and that, that he's mad at me, but I, I sadden him. Mm. That's another layer of, like, mm-hmm. where I get a lot of, like, I don't connection with the kids yeah. on the back end. Like, I, you did this action. Yes, you might have this disciplinary action coming mm-hmm. your way, but that kid – could care less about the suspension. He cares more when he's back, Mr. Henning, are you still upset with me? Or, mm-hmm. And then that is another growth or teaching moment. It's like, bud, you're here to make mistakes. But mm-hmm. what we have to be better from is not intentionally hurting someone else's feelings, you know? Yes. it's just So it's just knowing that too of, I, I guess, what would be surprising is like how much I try to humanize my role um, when I'm talking to adults or with students.
1: That's so interesting. When we were kids, like I – My dad was like my person and we were a lot alike. And so it wasn't when he was angry because you knew that and you're just like, oh, he's just mad, whatever. But when he would say to you, like, I'm really disappointed. That's when I was like, oh, like it was a punch to the heart. I'm like, I don't want him to be disappointed. Anger is one thing because it's very reactive and it's very like hard emotion, but oh, disappointment. Or like when he, it, it became an emotional response of not rage, but you know, I'm disappointed. I'm sad that you're doing this and you feel like you have to do this. So that I think that's great, especially for men to acknowledge that because I feel like in our society a lot of times it's more we expect men to be less emotional than women for whatever reason, even though it's the 21st century. We still have these really fun ideas of the sexes and things. So yeah. Kudos for doing that. Yeah, like, it's and really
0: feelings cool. to think that you as a kid have, that your words have power mm-hmm. and your actions have power and they can hurt people, even people that you might think of as being in this, like, mega position of power in your world. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, the things I do have consequences.
2: And, um, yeah, you can use your voice for, for good or to hurt people. Mm-hmm. I think another thing we should probably tell them, Stefan, that they'd be surprised about is, No one becomes a principal, assistant principal, to yell at kids. Yeah, yeah. It's heartbreaking. We take Mm -hmm. this home. We think about Mm -hmm. it all the time. And for those of you that are listening that are the kid that is constantly visiting us, we think about you more than any other child in our building. Mm -hmm. And it's not because we don't like you. It's because we love you. And we're worried. And we want to make sure that we're doing right by you each and every
3: day. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Books.
0: Books. We're so, talking about um, picture books today. Yeah. So we wanted to do something a little different usually. Well, I think usually what we do is we revisit one particular piece of media that affected us when we were young. But I think for this one, let's maybe all talk about a book, and I'll give you a second to think about it because I know I'm springing this on you, but a book that influenced you may be something that you read in school, but it doesn't necessarily have to be something that really impacted you when you were maybe in middle school and elementary school Um, Is there anything that springs to mind immediately, something you read that was big for
2: you when you were young? Yes. Don't laugh. It's not going to be profound, but let me explain. Marvin K. Mooney, Will You Please Go Now, a Dr. Seuss book, and here's why. My mom read to us every single night, Mm -hmm. and the way she made picture books – come alive Mm -hmm. it was it that sounds like such a silly title but I can still hear her reading it Mm -hmm. and I know that that's why I love picture books and could just sit for hours and read them my kids are the same way um, just because it's more than the words on the page it's a story it's you can make it come alive so that is the first memory I have of my mom reading a book so I know she did it before that. I know there's millions of other books that she read. But Marvin K. Mooney, I can hear her doing it. I can hear her, you know, yelling when he's pointing. I can hear it all. And it's the book. It's not What's not your book, Stefan? I hope
3: <laughs> transition. I was just thinking about over here. I'm, I'm. I knew how to play school. Like, I was one, I was just average student. We're getting real, I like this. I'm saying that, say, it started off, I didn't have a book. Like, I didn't grow up reading books or at Mm -hmm. nighttime. Like, I I wasn't in a house like that. Like, we, you know. But I think the first book that just got me excited was Boxcar Children books. Oh, totally. I just wanted to read every series. I just remember Mm -hmm. being young, and that was like a book I would, regularly check out or those books. So I don't know if that grew my love for reading, but I just know I was very interested in that series when I was, when I was younger. You'll be
1: happy to hear that that series is still really popular with kids in Troy. It still checks out. It's actually in my collection that I purchased for, and there's I think three or four spinoff collections that are coming out. They're more like ones focused on taking care of the planet and the kids get involved in like saving sea turtles and things and, Super that's popular cool. here, that's so cool. it's nice to see when things kind of continue to be popular. Mm-hmm. Good things continue to be popular. Olivia, that's
2: another thing that people might be surprised about mm-hmm. that as educators we just grew up loving to read and loving books, and that's not true. We, yeah, that love might have developed over time, or it's yeah. still developing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do think it's really interesting that we do have a similar
0: challenge, which is, and maybe you. Maybe um, this is a misinterpretation, but librarians are, like, mean and rules-driven. And I we mean, care that's true about, about me. We, well, yeah, but. sure. We care more about books than we do about people, and we're, like, intimidating, and we are always having to, like, break that down. Is that something you do as principals, too, with your kids and parents all For, the time?
2: I mean, everything. Everything. Everything is like that which is why it's so important that we're creating students that are problem solvers and that are okay with questioning what the norm, in quotes, is. Um, whether that is me as an educator, as an administrator, as a black female, as a mom, we're constantly having to break down what society says that we should be and we're still Mm -hmm. doing it Mm -hmm. the messages are sent in the movies that we watch the social media Mm -hmm. that we're a part of Um, the messages are everywhere and they're strong Mm -hmm. and so that's why it's so important that we create kids that question and challenge that Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and it is so weird to move from the position of like the agitator to the one whose responsibility is to enforce some of the rules too interesting And then the other thing I wanted to ask was, what did you mean about you could play school?
3: So what I meant by playing school is I could just do, like, what was expected. Yeah. You know, just Mm -hmm. the teacher. I just noticed back then, if I just did what was expected and didn't rattle any feathers or this or that, then I wouldn't be demanded to do more. Which, in turn, you know... I think I could have achieved so much more if someone would have pushed me, but I knew I was just that kid that was just... Coaster. Coaster, coaster. Mm. And I Mm -hmm. didn't get into trouble. I stayed to myself. You know, I was big in sports, but I I just coasted. So I knew I always was polite, you know, and respectful. And just having those two pieces, like, I just know from in the classroom, you have a polite kid and respectful kid. Even if they're not doing well... Mm -hmm. You know, you'll make sure that kid is succeeding or, you know, so just by playing school and just staying under the radar, that was just, that was just me. That was, you know, didn't bring attention to myself or wasn't involved in much and just coasted by,
1: Mm. you
0: know. Another question I had—I don't know how comfortable you'd feel answering—is like what you think is like the biggest challenge in schools right now for principals. I know Mm -hmm. what the biggest challenge in libraries is right now, but Mm -hmm. if there's anything else, maybe that you wanted to say
3: for me, our challenges is just that time and space for teachers and students to talk about things outside of the curriculum. Like um, I know for and within the Troy School District, we are looking at an advisory program for middle school. So that's like a set time a few times a week where we can talk about, like, uh, at Larson, we're in a little bit different space because we're a national school of character, so we do character lessons mm-hmm. monthly. But outside of character, it's just those times where you just need to hit on some SEO or social-emotional learning type of activities. But the, the day it just doesn't allow it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing, like, with our teachers, we see like, oh, kids, they're doing this, they're doing that, but there's no real time to address it within the classroom and talk about it because they're so busy finishing yeah. a unit or finishing a paper. So I would just say just having a time and space to address things or to have meaningful conversations um, with students so About their lives, you know, and I know a lot of teachers that they are intentional on connecting, you know, the typical how was your weekend, this or that or Mm -hmm. relating it to a writing piece, but really digging deeper, understanding different cultures or background or, you know, how to ask a friend or how to speak respectfully. I think coming out of COVID with kids being at home and how they speak to each other Mm -hmm. digitally or on social media Mm -hmm. or just naturally through text, we see they still speak. Like that, are inappropriate in ways in the hallway, but that hasn't, there's no time and space really to address those Mm -hmm. things and to coach them up and to talk those things through. So I just would say just time and space to talk through things that are aside from the curriculum.
2: Mm. Coming out of COVID, we are in a weird space where because we brought education to homes, Mm -hmm. everyone is under the impression that they can be a teacher or Mm -hmm. they can be an educator. Mm-hmm. And respectfully, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. And so as we enter schools and classrooms now, we have more than ever, um, instead of being able to partner with parents and families, parents and families that are trying to take down what is so beautiful about pu- public education. Mm-hmm. When we come with our own agenda and when we try to silence voices that need to be heard, we're in great danger of repeating the same mistakes of the past. Absolutely. And so for me, as an educator and also as a mom of elementary school students, I worry that these agendas are going to, again, silence voices and that my children will not see themselves represented in the space around them. And again, that's dangerous for all children not to feel seen, which is the power of books because you can bring everyone's perspective and viewpoints into a room, even if they're not there and have a discussion. But then there's also an agenda that is to ban those books or ban what we believe is happening. Um, And that's scary. Mm -hmm. And it is hard to take that every day when you know, or often I should say, when you know that our intention is to just make sure we don't repeat the mistakes of the past.
0: Mm So I have found it so interesting to think about the ways that our kind of missions overlap Mm -hmm. and our um, challenges overlap. Mm -hmm. Um, But now we get to the fun part where we talk about our books that you don't recommend. And Shari sent a few that I was able to read Amanda read too. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you mind kind of giving a little talk about the books that you choose and why you picked them?
2: Sure. Um, I chose most people. Um, This was a book, my children and I have talked a lot about the things that have happened in this world, Mm -hmm. and that can feel scary when you're bombarded with these messages all the time, Um, and even though we limit our, our kiddos from that they still are hearing it at school from friends. And so most people is a beautiful way of explaining that most people in this world are good Mm -hmm. and that you can count on most people. Um, And so this is a really, this is a really great one. I read it at school to kiddos, um, especially those with anxiety that are always worried about being in new spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, But this book became one of my favorites at home, just getting it for my kids. And now it lives in my office. So that was, that's. That's a good one.
0: I thought this one was beautiful. Yeah. And it shows all kinds of different... It looks like it's set in a city. Yep. And you're walking through the city and seeing... And that's one of my favorite things about picture books is you can fly through them and read the the text. But I feel like I could look through this book over and over and over mm-hmm. again because there's always be something new in the illustrations mm-hmm. to see.
1: That's the thing I miss about reading books as a kid is I feel like I paid more attention to the pictures. And as an adult... I'm reading for story. I'm reading to see if it's something I want to include in a story time or encourage parents to have their kids read. So I'm reading more for message and content and less for the pictures. So when I really like something, like you're saying, Olivia, I go back through. Mm. And that's when I catch this stuff like the guy with the mohawk, the fact that – the one thing I did catch the first time through is very diverse cast of characters in this book, which mm. is very important because obviously – our books model what we see in the world, right? Especially here in Troy, we're a very diverse population. Um, So, but going back through and seeing the guy with the tattoo, the person with the tattoos, the person with the Mohawk, the different things that are happening in the background. But yeah, I loved it. Actually, I wrote down, most people are very good people. Like I I put that quote because that just, when I get really frustrated with people, that's like the thing you need to remind yourself. Like this person's having a bad day. Most people are good people.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I, that's funny that you say that about the message and the words. I do the opposite. I always look at the pictures first. Mm. Um, my my husband's white and my children are a mix of us. And I'm always looking for that represented in the books mm. that I mm-hmm. read um, to them. I think it just it's almost like a subconscious. So I will just look through the pictures first. Oh, look, there's a guy that has a, a beard and he looks like he's a biker and he's being really kind. I look for things that that are going to challenge things that they might see from other places. Mm-hmm. Look at that first, then I look at, well, I look at the title, then the pictures, then I read the book. And oftentimes, before I take it home, I won't even read the words.
0: That's oh. fascinating. I do yeah, that with try and do um, that.
2: ads. Like I always, like
0: for clothes especially, I always want to make sure, like I always look to see if different body types are represented. I, before I even look at what the clothes are or whatever, yeah. I'm always like, what? Um, what, what models did you choose? Um, are, they all, oh yeah. are they all? Are they all size? The same four? Rings? Are they all tiny? Right. Yeah. Are they yes. all? You know, and it's, yeah, interesting. So that
2: was most people. And who's the author? Michael
1: Lena. Lena. I couldn't figure out how to say that yeah. either. I was like Lena. Right, Which
2: is it. ironic, because the next book is, that I love is Your Name is a Song, and it's about the power of making sure your name is said right, <laughs> yeah. because it tells a story. So sorry, to Aww. Michael, I am really sorry, <laughs> but if you teach me, I will learn it and get it cracked. Yeah, That's Michael, right. <laughs> call in. I loved this one, Your Name yes. is mm-hmm. um, This is just, this is one of those two. Looked at the pictures first and was like, I don't care what she's saying. (laughs) This is beautiful. Um, Gorgeous. I could see my mom, like, grabbing my face before school and telling me a message. But this is just about, in Troy, we have so many students that come from so many places. Mm -hmm. And their names are a representation of who they are and who they come from, and they're powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, But for some reason, the society has told us that we should have a name or a nickname that's easier for me, the user, to say. And it doesn't honor who you are. And so finding this book felt like a love story to students who have names that aren't easy to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And reminding them that it's my job to learn how to say your name correctly, yeah. that it has a story to tell. It was chosen, not haphazardly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I read this to students at the beginning of the school year and just remind them, if I say your name wrong, please tell me. Mm, yeah. Even if it's the fourth time, it's never intentional, but it is so important to me that I get it right. Mm. So this is just that. That's I love this. such a good book. Um, and the names, if you... The author... Jamila, she on YouTube, she reads this book and she teaches you how to pronounce every name in the story.
1: Oh, that's very cool.
2: So I would, when I've read this, and I'd stop and practice. I
1: think in the back of the book too, they have pronunciations, right? In the history. Is it pronunciations or the histories of where some of the words came from? Both. Both, yeah. yeah. Which I think is super cool. I love when authors take a picture book and give you the opportunity to learn more about different cultures, different names that you might not hear every day. Um, Same thing. When we do our programs, I, um, our programs are really popular in the kids' department. They fill up really fast, so we're pretty intentional about checking people off when they come to the door. And we have a lot of friends that um, their names are very hard. Um, I try and read stuff phonetically when it's not something that is um, a native word to my brain, right? And so I always ask the kids, am I saying that right? No? Okay, well, correct me. And I had one kid that was like, no, that's fine. I'm like, no, it's not fine. You deserve for me to say your name the right way. And I said, if I keep saying it wrong, you have to just correct me. I want to learn your name. And it's that is super important, especially educators, people that are in the kid's mind, someone that's in power, for them to know you are important, you are worth me understanding how to say your name. So I'm really glad you said that.
0: My name's in here.
1: Is it? Oh, my name's not in there.
2: So... (laughs) Uh, it looks like uh we have the same book
3: we do
0: after Mm -hmm. the fall oh tell us about
2: Uh it after the fall so this one um makes me sometimes super emotional because Mm -hmm. i have always tried to be what i think everyone wants me to be Mm -hmm. and that's not possible um and i've had I think that this book is so beautiful because it talks about, it's not about the fall, it's about how you put yourself back together and all of the people that put you back together after Mm -hmm. the fall. Mm. Um, Using this book after someone passes away, using this book, um, there was a parent uh, that I had the, that I have the privilege of knowing that has read this after she's had some struggles with mental health um, and explaining this to her kids and how um, it's something that, many people struggle with. It's just a really beautiful way to talk about some of those difficult things. Mm -hmm. Also, after the fall, kids are able to connect to it. So if you read it to one student, the message is totally different Mm. than reading it to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I know that most books are like that. We don't get the same message, but there's something that's so powerful about after the fall. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the um traveling pants. Yeah. Like, yeah. they look different on everyone. Yeah. That's what this, that's what after the fall is for me. Yeah. That's a really it's a really good. pair outfit. of traveling pants. Eggs. <laughs> Eggs. <laughs> Dozen.
0: Yeah, so Humpty Dumpty falls. He cracks. The kingsmen put them together. Usual little thing we all know about Humpty Dumpty. But look the at bend. the quote on the back. Life begins. Okay. You after. get back up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has some trouble kind of getting back. He needs to get back up on the wall, but he's, he has some trouble doing it because he has maybe a little trauma-rama.
2: Trauma. And the cracks are still there. Yeah, The hurt is still there. Yeah. But you use that to keep going. That's also super powerful, too.
3: Great and I use it for just at the beginning of the year. You know, at Larson, we have our our core our four R's, um, respect, responsibility, relationships, but most importantly, what I use it for is resilience. Mm-hmm. And I'll, um, some, I just thought of one of our eighth grade boys. Um, I read this to him at the beginning cause I get a sense of who I might see often that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've read this to him. And then when I see him in the hallway, I'm just be Humpty. Yeah. Remember Humpty. And it's like a little inside joke, mm-hmm. but then it's just a cue for him to just like, let it go. Let's be better. Um, so I use this often in, in my office of, like, to read a picture book randomly when you're down there for discipline and I'm reading After the Fall a Humpty Dumpty book. It mm-hmm. throws a kid off, but mm. it's a it's a teachable moment. It's a talking point, and it's just, you know, they thought I would come down laying the hammer or wagging my finger at them or yelling at them about what just happened, and I lead off with a picture book, and then mm-hmm. that picture book has meaning to it. It helps me um, tremendously, so that's that's this is a book I use often in my office.
2: That's a great, it's oh. great. That's a good anchor text.
3: Yeah,
2: it is. Does anybody else have the song in their head from the nineties?
1: Are we talking about the Humpty Dance? <laughs> I wanted to say something, and I was like, no, don't, because yeah. you guys said really nice, heartfelt things, and no. then I'm going the Humpty. I mean, things. the whole
2: time. It's your chance. <laughs> when you said "Be Humpty," I was like. I like
1: literally raised my shoulders to start, and I was like, "Don't, don't start dancing in your chair." (laughs) I can I read this quote? So I was researching all of the books uh, this morning, and there's a really lovely quote. Um, School Library Journal reviewed this back in 2017, I think, when it came out. Um, So the reviewer was Betsy Bird, and she said, as Humpty puts it, "Accidents happen, and sometimes the worst accident can lead to the spit fire." and raw determination you need to get back in the game that's good i just love that just going back to what you were saying sorry deep thoughts no i, love, I it. love it i like when there's a book that you can read as an adult that it speaks to you more than it would when you were a kid yes yep but thanks and for choosing that one. You talk about your
2: other
3: one yeah so my my other book uh so i have David. three little ones um i have a Nine-month-old daughter, Lottie. I have a two-year-old daughter, Posey, and I have a four-year-old son, Crew. And um, this No David No. it's like the introduction to teaching my kids to read. Mm-hmm. So we read, my daughter right now, she's on a kick, but we read this every night. David Goes to School, the old classic No David notebook. Nice. And mm-hmm. um, my daughter loves, she has memorized the words on the page. So when she she's understanding how to turn the page properly, mm-hmm. and she knows the the meaning on of every picture. So it's teaching her how to read left to right and touching the words. So, um, yeah, we read this book every night and I'm, I'm knee deep in grad school with, uh, get my ed specialist. So my, my mind is around not picture books right now, yeah. but when I thought of a picture book, this was the first one, because this is how my son kind of learned to read and understand books and how they work. And my daughter is doing the same thing he did with just, um, having that love for books. So, Books. So, this one is a special place.
2: Nice. I just got goosebumps when you were talking because earlier today when we were talking about what's the book that you remember, Mm -hmm. I said Marvin K. Mooney. And while you were talking about this book, I just was flashing forward to Crew or Posey saying or Lottie saying, David goes to school because you have decided to be intentional even mm-hmm. though no one read yes. to you Yep, you're reading to them and that's going to be their book yes. And i think
3: that that's so beautiful thank you, you just gave me chills because yeah, i don't take time to reflect like that but uh yeah we read every night this is a, a book staple and they they love it and um I think that just being in education, like that passion for a love for books, mm-hmm. like I wish I had it. I don't, but I promote it deeply mm-hmm. with awesome. my kids because I know when you do have a good book, mm-hmm. it can, you know, we didn't talk about our favorite book, but I have like one favorite book, and it when I read it or when you read a really good book, it just takes you to a place, and I mm-hmm. want them to have that, that passion and love for books.
0: For People sure. are always afraid we're going to, that I, I don't know about you, Amanda, but people are always afraid judge. that I'm going to judge when they say they don't like to read, and I never do. I uh, first of all, I think it's never too late. You know, yeah. there can always be something that you find that yeah. sparks, you know, a love of it. But if if you you know if you don't, I always
1: say to people, I you probably just haven't found the right book yeah, yet
0: mm-hmm. or the right way. In. Yeah,
1: especially with kids, when parents are like, "He hates to read," I'm like, "He is he she doesn't matter." I they haven't found the right book yet, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where.
0: You're the right thing it's kind
1: of nice for us for me more than you because I get to work with the younger ones but
0: but yeah you're right there's nothing that moves me more than like doing something new for the next generation that maybe wasn't done for you that always just like gets mm-hmm. me
2: it's, it's powerful it yeah. is because it's so easy to do it was done to you or done so mm-hmm. that's awesome
0: yeah sure you want to talk about the last
2: okay. sure um <clears throat> undefeated by Kwame Alexander um our superintendent, Dr. Rich Macheski, read this at the beginning of, um, I don't remember which school year, but probably two years ago. Um, and just the message is beautiful, but, but as an educator in the room to see my leader read a book about my history mm-hmm. and who I am as a person I could get emotional, but that's exactly the feeling that I want my students to have, Mm -hmm. to be able to see themselves – by the people who they admire, their teachers, the people that are in charge. And so the message is wonderful, and you can read it, and it's all about these powerful, powerful things that these black Americans have done um, and how they've survived. But for me, the reason I brought this more importantly is just to remind educators and parents the power of windows and mirrors. And if I can get that feeling at 42 years old and need to be seen then we know our kids do too. And so that's why I ended with this one, and that's also why I brought this one.
0: this is The Undefeated by Kwame Alexander and Kadir Nelson. I think Kadir Nelson is the illustrator. illustrator.
2: So it just talks about, this is for the unforgettable, the swift and sweet ones who hurtled history and opened a world of possible so it's it's taking the things that people have done generations before us and putting it into a positive spin, how we are where we are today because of this. I, I say a positive spin because oftentimes when we talk about black history, it's in an oppressive light, mm-hmm. and we don't take time to honor and uplift and celebrate um, all of that. So this book, I think, does that in such a beautiful way of sharing all of the struggles mm-hmm. um, from slavery. Um, you know, they came to America and, mm-hmm. you know, the faith that it took and the, the relationships and just being, you know, seeing that one day things would be different, and they are. Do you tell us before you go a little bit about Troy Youth Assistance? Yes. Yes, Troy Youth Assistance. So Troy Youth Assistance is a group that's dedicated to supporting our community. And all of its stakeholders. Um, I paused a little bit when I started to just say it because we are still working on a new definition of who we are mm. and what we will, um, what we stand for, which is great because it's been around for so long, um, decades. But as our people change and our community change changes, uh, we need to make sure that we're changing with it. So right now, we're spending a lot of time talking about making sure that we're putting our resources. In the direction of things that we value that are in line with the Troy School District um, and that are in line with our stakeholders. Um, we provide resources for families and for students. Um, there's lots of programs that youth can be a part
3: of. It's like a, a hidden treasure. You know, I think especially our community doesn't really know it's out there or exists or how it can help. Um, I just know in my role, just as an AP and being a part of it. Like when we have a disciplinary issue, we use it, you know, as a restorative approach rather than if you um, I can reach out to TYA and they have some resources on whatever it may be. And having that approach to it rather than just giving it a, a disciplinary action has been very restorative. Also just camps too. Like a lot of, some families may need help with camps or not knowing what's out there at Mm -hmm. their disposal to be involved or have their kids involved this summer. That's another great resource to either, you know, potentially get help with paying for a camp, but also to know what camps are available in the surrounding areas and to sign their kids up. So it's, it's just, uh, you know, like like Shari Sheer, we're kind of rewriting our why right now, but that's intentional and that's purposeful. But at the same time, it is a great resource to our community um, for kids of all ages.
2: Wow, well said. That's great. Excellent. Tool. Thank Speaking you. Speaking of hidden gems, mm-hmm. this was just—it was so fun. I did not know. Yeah, I didn't know existed. what I was getting into. This was, like, <laughs> this was so this was fun awesome. This is awesome. Um, so fun so thank you for having us oh, thanks. thank mm-hmm. you, guys you guys easy to talk
0: to. thank you for listening to the books we loved a podcast through the Troy Public Library you can find more information about the books and library services we mentioned in the show on our website at troypl.org slash podcast if you would like to suggest a topic for future discussion please email us at podcast at troypl.org thank you for listening and happy reading